0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Spore the Warning Podcast. This is our rebroadcast of our review of 8th Grade, which is coming out this weekend. I am Christopher Schnasey. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This episode, uh, we recorded this months ago, uh, as we saw 8th Grade at the San Francisco International Film Festival. Mm -hmm. Recorded
1: it in... Uh, new York City, I think.
0: Yeah, while well, we were there for Tribeca, um, so just like our Leave No Trace review, uh, which we rebroadcast when that film came out, we decided, hey, we're gonna get together, record a new intro for that episode. Hopefully, you listen to this. You may not have checked it out back when it was originally released, but it, it is new and fresh. New yeah. intro. Hopefully, hopefully you guys like th- these rebroadcasts. A new this, uh...
1: shiny coat of paint to make up for the fact that we never reviewed a whole lot of movies that came out this summer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> true true it, it's been a crazy summer you didn't um, really
1: want ant-man did you
0: <laughs> hey i saw it at least i know i know it's my fault <laughs> there, there, there's still chance that you know maybe you it's were something... never really
1: here we have no excuses <laughs> oh yeah,
0: yeah but i mean we can rent that now so yeah.
1: but i mean the the, the Fans had to know what we thought of Duck Butter. How could we? How could we possibly have prioritized the big movie that came out? I,
0: I, I stand by us a review of Duck Butter because mm-hmm. I thought it was a fantastic film. Yeah. Um opinion that's not shared by everybody.
1: Nope. <laughs> but seems split across gender lines so far. But this is not yeah. about Duck Butter. This is about a movie that I have only heard glowing things from anyone on, yeah. and that is Eighth Grade. Um, so. When we recorded this episode, I believe I was already quite confident in saying that Eighth Grade was my favorite movie that had come out in 2018. I am almost 100% sure that is still true. I think today, if I had to make a top 10 list, Eighth Grade would be number one with a bullet. Um, Love this movie. Every time the trailer comes on now, I just feel like all warm and fuzzy again remembering it. I'm almost afraid to rewatch it because I'm afraid of it not living up to my memory of watching it the first time, especially... Something about the festival crowd, right, where, you know, everyone in the room knows they're seeing it for the first time and Bo Burnham is there and it you're just ready to appreciate something a little bit more. And yeah. I don't know if that can live up to it, but, man, I hope it plays for audiences the way it played in the festivals uh, crowd, because I I love this fucking movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's a great film. Um in our walks through the city, leaving the theater, you know, I had some nitpicks. Um, I don't remember if they actually like made it into the review because I got them out. Like I right. worked, worked through them a little bit in the yeah, street. It was
1: about the, the relationship of the, uh, father, the character. father character. Yeah.
0: Who has been like in a bunch of other things that we've reviewed, I feel like. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a great film. Um, I, I was pretty happy with the Q and a that we saw just because I think, knowing that this like white guy is writing the story as a as a thirteen year old girl was was a little like as I'm watching the film, I'm just like, hmm hmm, I don't know about this. But then like his explanation for why he did that and stuff, i I, I felt pretty okay with that um yeah. afterwards. Um but yeah, I, I think this is a fantastic film. I, I keep telling my younger sisters to go see this film. They're like, Well why am I gonna see this film? They're like, no, go friggin' watch it, damn it. Yeah. Uh, I wished it was out when I was in San Diego a week ago, um, because I could have forced them to watch it. Uh, We did, by chance, uh, see Ant-Man that we referenced earlier. (laughs) But I would have traded. I mean, I liked Ant-Man, but I would have traded it if I could go watch Eighth Grade with them and kind of like talk through that experience with them. Um, But I couldn't. So instead, we're talking to you guys again, um, you guys being the listeners. Uh, But, yeah, I I think this is a fun film. Hope a lot of people check it out this weekend and hope that you all enjoy it. Yep. So yeah, we are going to jump into the trailer for the film, and then when that trailer goes away, uh, you will be back in our original recording, and it will play out as it did in that original recording. Um, so there will be a little bit of difference, maybe, because I don't remember if this is one of the late night episodes that we were super. I think tired it w-
1: I, I believe this was recorded in the same session where we recorded Leave No Trace and Tolly. Actually, okay, cool.
0: So uh, and Gemini okay (laughs) well so here we go trailer and then back to the original episode hope you enjoy
2: hey guys uh it's kayla back with another video so the topic of today's video is being yourself being yourself can be hard and it's like aren't i always being myself and yeah for sure but being yourself is like not changing yourself to impress someone else a lot of people like call me quiet or shy or whatever but I'm not quiet. Most quiet, Kayla Day. I don't talk a lot at school, but if people talk to me and stuff, they'd find out that I'm like really funny and cool and talkative. By the way, I like your shirt a lot. It's like so cool. What? Kayla, one more week of eighth grade, huh? Huh? I said one more week of eighth grade, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, huh. OK, so growing up can be a little bit scary and weird. We will begin to explore these changing bodies of yours. It's going to be lit. Don't hold back. I wanna break free As always, make sure to share and subscribe to my channel. Gucci.
0: I think you're so cool. Maybe you just need to put yourself out there a little.
2: I'm going to stop eating with hey, you. Hey, if you keep I'm doing one, this You said thing. I could say one thing. I'm really, like, nervous all the time. I try really hard not to feel that way. But you just need to face your fears and let people know they're really you. Just grab my phone, how to charge it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I charge it too. But my my phone, I... Just because things are happening right now doesn't mean they're always gonna happen. What was in there? Just sorry of my hopes and dreams. Right. I was a complete mess when I was your age. Really? Eighth grade is the worst. You never know what's next, and that's what makes things exciting and scary and fun.
1: When did you get Snapchat, what grade? Fifth
2: grade. Myth? Fifth grade? Great. What, Great. yo! <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So that was the trailer for Eighth Grade. It is, uh, as you may have guessed, the story of a young girl in the eighth grade. Um, And it's sort of just uh, her experience in the eighth grade. She has a little YouTube show that she does uh, for no one where she kind of tries to help others uh, get through situations. And it's just an experience. We get to see her as she goes about her time in the eighth grade. I don't don't know what what more to say about it than that. (laughs) Um, So, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Eighth Grade?
1: I'm just so conflicted because, like, on the one hand, I'm just kidding. I loved it. I loved loved this movie so goddamn much. This is just the sort of thing that I, like, am filled with love for when I leave the theater. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Did you ever watch the Up documentary series that follows children every seven years? It's like seven Uh, up, 14 up, 21 up.
0: I, I haven't seen any of them, but I've heard it talked about many a time. Yeah.
1: So, so the magic of those documentaries is you get to just watch someone grow up in front of your eyes and you get to watch kids behave as kids and this taps into that in a way that i don't i don't understand how it works so well i don't know what bo burnham did like he's a comedian he's never made a movie before um i i think this is a nearly perfect movie for what it set out to do uh comparisons of movies all of which i liked a lot um th- i think this is like edge of 17 but not trying to be cool or clever it's like ladybird but it's not aiming for nostalgia it isn't aiming for like well-written concise quips it it just has its heart on its sleeve uh the florida project comes up again but i think this is like a naturalism with a character that's easy to tap into cuz she's a little bit older and we all kind of remember being in her shoes it this movie brought up feelings I didn't even remember that I had about <laughs> growing up, about transitioning into adolescence, about trying to figure out who I am. Back when things mattered so much, like being able to stand in a friend group and have a conversation, being able to go to a pool party and feel like I fit in and not be the loser who didn't bring the right gift. Um,
0: I just think... Oh, that was the thing. <laughs> that was the thing sorry to interrupt there was mm-hmm. the, the gift scene cuz when i first joined the company mm-hmm. that was the equivalent gift that i brought to the white elephant gift exchange for christmas that was the scene that i was like i identify with this 13 year old girl technically the game mechanics are really really interesting you guys Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. to digress. That was just a thing I couldn't. There was a thing I was trying to tell you guys at dinner, but I couldn't remember.
1: Yeah, I just, I, I am so, so, so rooting for this movie. With whatever happens with it post festival circuit, um, I think Elsie Fisher is like an amazing young actress. Um, so we were there. There was a Q and A afterwards with Bo Burnham, and he talked about how she looks natural she looks like an eighth grader being an eighth grader but it's actually very technical and on demand and she can repeat these emotions over and over again and yeah she just nails that awkward feeling of you not being totally comfortable in your own skin but trying like knowing the person you want to be you can visualize it you can see the cool person who would just walk up to the other kids at school and say the clever thing and nod along in the conversation at the right time and you can't quite hit that no matter what you do and I oh, I just felt for her so much. I'm, I'm going to let you talk about it first before I go on. But <laughs> there were so many moments in this movie where I was just like nodding along, fully agreeing with her character, remembering exactly what she felt like, feeling sad when she felt sad, feeling like overwhelmed with happiness when she got just like a little victory under her belt. It, th- this movie is not deep, I don't think. It isn't complicated. It's going for an easy win and nailing it. And that win is remembering childhood and growing up and empathizing with it. Yeah. And it's an unfair advantage. It, it Like Short Term 12. I love Short Term 12. It's a little unfair. It's going for like the top shelf emotions and knocking you over the head with them. I don't give a fuck. I <laughs> Knock me over the head with these emotions. I This is my favorite movie of the year so far. Easily. I I love this movie.
0: Yeah, so so this is the the third film we saw on our uh, on our trek through the San Francisco Film Festival, and uh, as you enter the theater, they give you a little audience ballot. Uh, you can tear if you think it's basically it's the same it's the same rating system we have just by a different name, um, but essentially um, for the first two films that we watched, the one uh, one we already reviewed and one that was a secret film that we're not supposed to talk about yet, um, I didn't vote. I was like I i'll let the people who love these things do the voting i'll keep my opinion to myself because i just didn't feel that special either either way about wanting to say anything um but when this film i just like rip my excellent (laughs) which is the highest rating you can give it i was like yeah i'm gonna throw this one in the box yeah should have kept my last three just (laughs) so i could throw them all in this box um because this this, this is a great film um Mm -hmm. I, like it 's great enough that I had to go out of my way to kind of talk to to you guys when we were leaving the theater about a few things that i wasn 't super stoked about um, um, just just towards the beginning of the film and I think that like this film was was pretty dang good most of the way through and I think about halfway through it starts to get real real solid mm-hmm. and then it like it sticks the landing so hard that I was like this this is just a fucking fantastic yeah. film and it's like i mean obviously if you are listening to the podcast you can probably tell Stephen and i are not 13 year old girls no but this tale the, this tale this the story is just it, it's it's very universal like i felt in in my shoes you know besides just the gift giving scene there's like a lot of things just about her insecurities her trying to belong to other groups of the, the school her not wanting to like um like, the fear of just being the quiet one, right? right. Like, all these things are, are universal feelings that, like, maybe some of us didn't go through. I went through. Um, it's it's, just, it's a story, like, you feel for her instantly. And it's a film that, you know, it's, it, like, really all of my... They're not even really complaints, but, like, my, my nitpicks relate mostly to the Q&A after the film rather than the film itself. Just because, like, hearing the the writer director speak to decisions in the film i was like oh i just didn't i just didn't see that <laughs> right it's one of those things where like i i didn't have that problem until the q and a started right like just like weird little things like that but i think overall like so so this film has a um not not a style but like the way the narrative works is it intercuts this young girl doing her like youtube videos to just essentially to herself where she wants to be a better um better stronger more outgoing person than she is like she's trying to give the advice to others that she couldn't get herself from herself like she's not strong enough to do herself and i think that like the strongest part of this film is these moments of her trying to talk to other people who aren't even there like she's Mm -hmm. just talking to no one about what it means to be young and all the things that you care about and how um how like things that you think are important might not be important or things that you might think might not be important are important. There's just, there's just a lot of, a lot of heart and a lot of, um, emotional weight in this film. It's like, it's a 13 year old girl. Like yeah. in real life, you'd be like, why is that? Why is that girl crying? Like, <laughs> like how hard could her life be? She's 13. Right. <laughs> but like in this movie, you're like, Oh, her life's hard. <laughs> like yeah. this is the life that we have. And it, I, I don't know they're, they're, you get drawn in this film. Everything feels really great. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's it's really easy to identify with her with her, and it just feels so authentic. Even though this is this is a story about a young girl written by a ma- an older man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, which
1: is an odd dynamic. And we talked yeah. about this a bit. So we saw this uh, with the two of us plus uh, my girlfriend. So we discussed it. You know, after the movie, we talked for a while about the differences between watching it as guys versus a girl who had been a thirteen-year-old at some point. Yeah. And there are definitely details. Allegedly there are details that i'm sure went over my head for that reason uh, i get like the smack of authenticity of this movie that it seems to really know what youth culture is like and the culture of young girls in particular right now it, it seems very savvy to that um it isn't that surprising to me like bo burnham got famous from being on the internet being on vine and always being on the cutting edge of whatever social network was out there so it, it makes sense that he lives in that world but it it seems authentic, but I do think there's a universality to it that is, it's stronger to me even than the nostalgic kind of universal feeling of like a Lady Bird type movie where it is yeah. saying, remember what it was like in 2001, remember what it was like here. Because there, there always feels like a little bit of a wink of like, hey, this is the time period, let's remember that, right? Yeah. Or let's play up this emotion a little bit more and... there's just something that is always trying a little too hard where this is so the way this movie got made, it sounds like was basically, let me just let eighth graders from right now be eighth graders Yeah. and I'm going to film them and I'm going to tell them what to do, but they are going to give me all the cultural cues and all of the jokes, all of the, there's a scene in this movie where they joke about Rick and Morty and the director had never even watched it before. Like, Yeah, yeah, It is as close to documentary as a well-crafted work of fiction can be, I think. That's the
0: thing, too, is, like, this isn't an adult writing dorky kids. This is just kids being dorky. Like, these kids, in their dorkiest moments, they don't think they're being dorky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is just what it means to be, like, a little child. And And it's like, those moments are great.
1: I I mean, I think my my favorite bits of the movie were, as you said, her just trying to fit into a group. There, There are so many reaction scenes where she is just trying to chime into a conversation, trying to nod along enthusiastically, like wanting to do the right thing. It's, it's like she read a self-help book about like how to win friends and influence people. And it's like, <laughs> smile, show interest in their interests, ask a follow-up question, nod along, look enthusiastic. And she's going for it. Like she's trying and trying and trying. And it, I just remember trying and trying and trying. And I think like that is a very universal feeling of growing up. And, Thinking that there has to be more to social interactions, like some key that if you could only unlock it, you would be comfortable and you would be popular and you'd be surrounded by friends. And it because I identify with her lows, all of her little victories made me cry. Like (laughs) made me cry in the theater. There's there's a moment. I've mentioned a pool party scene. There's a moment when she goes to a pool party. It's in the trailer. You don't even need to know any more than that. Yeah. But there's a little gesture toward the end of it where she puts herself out there and just decides, I'm going to go for it. Instant tears. <laughs> there's another moment later in the movie when she is visiting a high school and she's shadowing an older high schooler, yeah. tr- hoping to fit in, hoping that she likes this person, that she doesn't screw it up in any major way. And there's like a moment that evening when she's pacing around the room yep. on a phone, yep. exactly the way I pace around the room when I'm in a nervous conversation, just back yeah, and yeah. forth. And the camera is tracking her very deliberately in this like quick way. So you can feel how exciting this moment is. And yeah. it, it it's just like, so right. Like it, I, I don't know. It, it really taps into feelings that I think no matter how old you are, you can remember what that felt like. And it, it didn't feel manipulative. It didn't feel heartstring-tugging. It it just felt good. Yeah. And I, I'm really impressed that a movie could pull that off without me feeling the over-sentimental cliches that it is piling in. There's plenty of cliches in this movie. I just don't care. Like, yeah. I don't care about them. Life is cliched. Get
0: over it. And then the director said so much in the Q&A, too. He was, like, he was like, look, I don't think any of this is original. I just mm-hmm. did what felt right, and this is what I made and yeah some of it's going to be cliche because life's cliche like yeah. take it for what it is
1: <laughs> uh, so one thing if I can tease out just a little bit of a negative or mild negative from you okay, um, I, I'm going to tease out something from you too yeah okay so <laughs> in the Q&A Bo Burnham talked about um, I said it like his name is one super villain Bo Burnham <laughs> in the Q&A wait why is that a super I don't know name? it's like a gargum, Gargamel or something <laughs> you can cut all this um <laughs> Anyway, in the the Q&A, Bo Burnham talked about the movie being about two things. It's about being young, and it's about being young in 2018, or probably 2016 or 2017, whenever he was. Specifically in the age of the Internet. Yeah, exactly. And a lot was emphasized in that discussion about the effect of the Internet, the effect of social media, the way it must morph young people's identities. And I would like to hear... What you think about that? Because I feel like this completely nailed that aspect of it in a way that was similar to Ingrid Goes West, but not as overtly comic as Ingrid
0: was. Yeah. So, I. So during the Q and A, like he opened the Q and A. Like I mean, the, he he was given an open ended question for the beginning of the Q and A um, from from the the moderator, and he basically opened it. Was like I really wanted to make. A film about the internet, <laughs> and like I was like, what? Did did you make that film? <laughs> like in my head, I thought maybe like. and So if I can, if I can back up and give some context for for my life and my history, uh, when I was the age of, gotta do this math. Yeah, so uh, when I when I was about as old as the character in this film. The oldest of my youngest sisters was born, mm-hmm. right, so like of this time of age, new youth in my family was coming into existence right so i have by the time the internet was happening <laughs> i i like now, as an adult, I watch my sisters I have three now um all grow up in sort of that age too. Like I've watched mm-hmm. them scroll through a feed and just like every fucking thing in the feed. Yeah. Sorry, on the off chance my sisters are listening, don't mean that in a mean way. I'm just saying you guys like everything. It's a in your cultural feed. difference. It, yeah, yeah, It's, it, it's, a difference. it's very like, different from even the way like, I interact with social
1: like, media, and I'm like 30 years younger
0: than Chris. <laughs> like I don't. I don't <laughs> this is gonna sound really dumb, but I give like one like a month. <laughs> just because for me, like sometimes in my head I'm like, oh yeah cool, that bagel looks nice, but I'm not going <laughs> to like the bagel, right? Because it's like, what, what am I giving you a like for, right? I'm not encouraging you to take more bagel photos. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is sounding so dumb. <laughs> I mean, bagels can be choosers. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, but anyways, my, my point is that like, I'm just not like, I'm, I'm not in a like for like world or like, likes aren't the most important thing. I don't, post a lot of stuff because I don't think people care (laughs) which they don't Um, so it's like I I just don't understand that culture so when I see a film that involves a lot of people just scrolling through the feed I go my sisters do that and that's kind of the most I think like I don't think the film really is commenting on that the the young girl does have a YouTube show Mm -hmm. that she does that has like two views or whatever right Um, which you know maybe I identify with this podcast (laughs) Uh, no no but I, I mean like from from the standpoint of like, it doesn't feel like a film about what it means to have the internet. It just feels like a film about living in a world where the internet exists. And it's I, I it's not that I feel like it, it didn't get anything wrong. Everything it did was right. I just don't feel that the film was trying to comment on how that changes us as people. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, I, I don't think that uh, you know, like there's there's a post going around the last week that was like something says that Instagram is like the worst thing. the the worst social media thing. Yeah, yeah, some study. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was. I I didn't read it. I just saw the headline. But essentially, it was like, yeah, sure. Like, this film is sort of that, right? Like, Instagram is terrible because it makes everybody want to be this version of themselves that doesn't exist. Like, cool, I understand that. But I feel like the film is less about that and more about just what it means to be insecure. And also, there is Instagram. I, I feel like it's more... To me, when I watched it, I saw it more as an attention... Thing where it's like people are concerned with just scrolling through feeds and seeing what's happening. It's it's, it's more about FOMO than it is about yeah, there, there's how more that to changes up who with. you are. Like I,
1: I think adolescence always involved trying to keep up with things and being yeah. terrified. I mean, my own version of this, maybe this dates me a little bit, but in my own eighth grade experience, I remember having crushes on a few girls and they were all on AOL Instant Messenger. And if <laughs> there was a night that I was not on AIM... I felt like who knows what could happen. I'm going to miss so much. My whole life is going to be ruined because I yeah. wasn't there for that moment. I wasn't in the group chat. Maybe something amazing is going to happen. Maybe another friend is going to swoop in and like this friend zone that I've been cultivating forever is going to get taken <laughs> by someone else. Like that was my life back then. It, it felt even though nothing happened, like yeah, nothing yeah. important happened at all. It felt like every moment was an important thing to keep up with. And it was so critical that it was stressful. And it wasn't even fun anymore. It was just like, I have to do this or else something terrible will happen. And I think the internet in their life, this is now, I'm going to say not just the internet age, but the mobile internet age. So the age of everything being on your phone at all times. It is just such that in order for her to just maintain the status quo... To be like nominally cool, yeah she has to just be scrolling and liking and scrolling and liking and scrolling and liking, and that I think is what's different is that you don't there's no freedom to relax and be anything in the privacy of anywhere yeah because everything is demanding your time but I,
0: I guess for me the reason why there's a disconnect there is because she i mean there there are plenty of scenes of her taking seventeen photos to post the one that looks the best with like mm. the sun glinting in the background and her like, oh, I just woke up like this and all this kind of stuff. But to me that felt more like joking about Instagram culture rather than like commenting on it. Like once sure. again. And I and I think that like for like my aversion, like so when she's like scrolling through seeing what's new and liking everything, that feels like when I pull up my phone and the last twenty push notifications are new podcasts that came out, right? Where it's like I'm not interacting with those podcasters. I'm just like, oh, there's a new episode of X out. I want to see what so and so thought about eighth grade, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it, it's, I guess it, it's for me. It just felt like a habitual nature of the interaction, rather than a oh, society is governed by scrolling to these feeds. Sure. Um, so I, I guess that
1: that's. I'll, I'll give you that. I yeah. just think it's
0: enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now, if I can, if I can tease something out of you. And by tease something out of you. I mean, throw you under the bus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this film ended, the Q and A ended, we stood up, and somebody sitting across from me right now said, "Way better than Lady Bird." Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I will yeah. fight anyone who disagrees. <laughs> so yeah, so so let's so let's talk about that because they're both both films are about young-ish women who have a very specific uh, situation in their family, and like it, it's just about them. During these like coming of age times, right? Um, what is it? What is it about this film that was such a a, a huge draw for you over Lady Bird?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are two things. One is just the construction of the movie. I think the age group that this is getting at, which is eighth graders are thirteen,
0: right? Yeah. I'm, like I, we've been saying that the whole time. I yeah. honestly, whenever some, I, I always find myself in situations where like, wait. What age were you at this grade? Cool. Okay, so when I was this. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say 13. Yeah, yeah. There's something about that age that is just more inherently innocent than senior year of high school, right? By, by senior year of high school, you are already a formed personality who you know what you're against. You know what is cool, what isn't cool, and you're trying to optimize for like status within that niche certainly the character of ladybird is like that yeah she has already decided this is who i am this is who i'm not this is what defines me i'm rebellious i'm witty i'm involved in theater for xyz reasons like she's a really specific niche already who's trying to succeed i think 13 we're all universal we all just want to be loved and not screw it up too bad and that just inherently felt like a more empathetic, universal thing to relate to. Uh, the second one is in the actual craft of making it or like the the tone that they decided to strike. Lady Bird is very Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, even though I know he's not involved in it. But it's very screwball. Yeah. It's very scripted. Like It's you can, very
0: things that Steven loves. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's very things that I love. But you can hear like the punctuation in the script in yeah. Lady Bird. People utter things very quickly. They like they say things in a way that no one, certainly no seventeen-year-old girl, would have said in that it, moment.
0: It's a heightened reality. It's a heightened and, reality, and that's what you're checking in yeah. for. But it's definitely not. It's not. It's it's not Florida Project. It's yeah. It's Francis heightened. Ha-
1: whatever. <laughs> it's heightened, and it's heightened to remembering being young. Yeah. Because yeah. it is very written. So you really hear the screenwriter at play. You don't just hear actual high schoolers talking yeah. and I think it doesn't help that Sir Ronan doesn't strike me as a high schooler like she did fine for this role I think she did a good job I get why she got so much acclaim but there isn't authenticity to it like you already know there's like different layers that are going between her and the actual character of Ladybird because she is not that person at all right and there's just a soulfulness to a movie letting its characters be as close to reality as possible and not propping them up that it just hits me in a deeper place Lady Bird was great don't get me wrong like in my written top 10 which was actually 20 ladybird made it to the <laughs> list like i i thought it was a great movie super excited for what greta does next but yeah. ladybird was a screwball play and this was like a slice of life meaningful experience this was my boyhood of this yeah. year the thing that i can't even justify to you but it just moved me so much and i to me emotion trumps cleverness every time and ladybird was trying to be clever this movie i don't know what it was trying to be like it it just nailed the feeling completely yeah yeah
0: yeah and i, and I and like you know i i it was half facetious like saying i'm throwing it under the bus but it's mostly like a statement like people go oh my god <laughs> um but yeah i i think that i guess the only statement you made that i would disagree with is i think that high school is way more important than eighth grade mm. uh, mostly because i feel like at a um at a younger age i mean without diving too much into other things in our past i would say that like as a child you go to church because your parents take you to church and then you become of an age where like you have agency to take yourself to church or not take yourself to church. Mm-hmm. And whether it comes from laziness or rebellion, the default status is to switch from going to not going because you are no longer being gotten up, dressed and taken there. Right. Right. And I think that, uh, I kind of view school as the same thing as a, as a young child, School is the place you go to every day. You follow those people from grade to grade. High school is where that stops. Like, there are so many, pe- like, there are some people that I became, I-, I continued to be friends with in college. And there were some people that I never talked to again because mm-hmm. they were school friends. And people moved away. People went to different colleges of various tiers. Like, people didn't go to college. Like, it was a thing where, like, what, when- that last that senior year of high school is where you're like oh all of normalcy ceases now i need to get a job i need to get a car right. i need to decide if we stay together <laughs> like they're, they're like life becomes so much more complicated at the end of high school in a way where you're like, fuck, I need to make a decision. I need to make a decision real fast. Like, some of the the films that have made our top ten lists for the last... Spectacular now. Yeah, yeah. all these things are about, like, life in transition. And I think that even though things at the time in eighth grade seem like they mean the world, your world is still governed by the clock and by your parents. Mm -hmm. And you can't, like... You're not going to go out and go to... Uh, go see a band that's playing Ladybird style, right? <laughs> like, you can't yeah. just go hang out with college kids, right? You are gonna get picked up when school ends. Your parents are gonna pick you up or whatever, right? Like, so I, I think that there's an inherent, the way I connected to Ladybird and the way I connected to eighth grade are on different levels. On the, like, the Lady Bird one is the, I love the style, and I love the watching her and her family dynamics and her character. Eighth grade is like, oh, I am now a 13-year-old girl right. <laughs> during this movie. And I think that they're, they are hard to compare. I don't... Like, gun to my head right now, I don't know what I would say if I was mm-hmm. like, which one has to be better? But i will also be like, why are you trying to ask me which one's better? Put these that are not gun away. The <laughs> yeah, these, these are not the same movie. Um, but yeah, so, I mean... Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, you're, you're, you're right, you're right.
1: And the, the reason I never tweeted that, because I thought about it, because I thought it would be a fairly incendiary thing to say, yeah, yeah. is that you can't just directly compare. They're doing very different things. I think, you're right, high school is more formative, it's more critical, and so it's more telling about the person you will wind up being. Yeah. And there are decisions there. There's a hero's journey that you can get in senior year of high school that you can't get in eighth grade yeah. because the decisions you make matter more. Um, what I love about eighth grade is that she gets that. Like, the movie gets that. The movie closes with her giving one more video to a, a particular audience <laughs> and basically saying... Nice. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're gonna feel a certain way. High school is gonna go a certain way. Maybe it'll go well. Maybe it won't. You're okay. Life is okay. This is a thing we all go through, and it it feels more like communal suffering and less like a hero. And that, to me, that just speaks louder. Yeah. Um.
0: So it will. It, it's funny. Uh, I spent you know ten minutes earlier talking about how I don't think this movie is about the internet, but, like, this conversation makes me wish that I had the internet. I mean, not even the internet, just, like, phones that can record video. Like, the ability to document life in a way that I didn't have growing up. Like, my, when I was of these ages, you would have, like, a Kodak little click-click-click disposable camera that you would go get developed at the CVS or whatever, right? Um, Or the thrifties, I guess, back Mm -hmm. then. (laughs) um before Rite Aid took it over uh but anyways like there there is a sense of I don't know I'm just going to open like a million cans of worms but like yeah there's like I didn't grow up in the Instagram selfie world in the good or the bad side of that thing like I didn't have it's it's even like it's literally been the last few years where like I have in iCloud like, histories of me and other people, right? Yeah. Like, it is a thing that, like, up until recently just didn't exist. Like,
1: I think there are maybe under 30 photos of me younger than 17 yeah, years old. Yeah.
0: Like, the, the the other day at the office, at lunchtime, um, you pulled up a photo of, like, you and your brother very, very young, and that that spurred, like, everybody digging into their phones and finding all these photos of them as kids, and I was like... Everybody's like, why aren't you showing your photos you're embarrassed them? I was like, I... I." It's hard being a vampire. I, <laughs> they don't have reflections. <laughs> uh, cameras work
1: based on reflections. That's why they don't show up in pictures.
0: What if you have a mirrorless camera? <laughs> <laughs>
1: then you're a wizard and you shouldn't be afraid of vampires.
0: Anyways, uh, so... My, but my point is that, like, I didn't have photos to pull up because... Back then, you had to pose for 20 minutes for a photo to be able to... No, just kidding. Uh, but... <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just don't... It took
1: a long time to act into the rock <laughs> to get the shape of your face just right.
0: I just have Fred Friendstone tablets, and they're too heavy to carry to work. Uh, but, no, but yeah, it's just a, it's a thing that, like, I just don't have history of my existence before, like... Even after like iPhone era, right? I just didn't I I wasn't in the habit of snapping photos everywhere. Right. And it's like I still remember the 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 first this is, this is gonna be like a really weird episode. <laughs> but like the uh, the the first girl that I dated where we took a bunch of photos together and I had them in like like, after we broke up, like, I still had them, but they were, like, in an encrypted zip drive. Not a zip drive. An encrypted zip folder on my computer, right? Mm. And, like, one day I was just, like, I'm going to go look at these. And, like, the zip file was corrupted. <laughs> and I was, like, that's all gone. <laughs> like all none the of memories that, are gone. None of that exists anymore. It was just, like, super weird where it's like, this was the first time I had actually documented my existence with another person, and now it's gone because fucking computers suck. Yeah. Um, But, like, I, I don't get that culture, but, like, this film makes me... Whatever the FOMO version of Nostalgic is, mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's like the ability to record something for a target person and have them be able to watch it later is a thing that I didn't have. Isn't that why we do this? <laughs> it is why we do this, right? <laughs> That's why we've published. I mean, now technically we're I mean, we're, we're well above 500 officially yeah. or unofficially, but I mean, officially 499 plus all these bonus episodes, but Yeah, is this so in the future, after we both passed away, some machine can go back and listen to 500 episodes of us talking and create an AI consciousness that will keep this podcast going forever. But anyways, sorry, that was a long rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the AI will laugh
1: at its own (laughs) jokes way too often also.
0: Nice. Uh, But yeah, I I think the moral of the last 15 minutes of me rambling was just that, like, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) He's cool. He's hip. I'm, I'm on the... I'm on the gram. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Steven, say something fast.
1: <laughs> um, this movie... <laughs> I don't know it. The, the closest
0: I have... Also, I'm realizing that when I talked about an encrypted... <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like porn. Of, yeah, it sounds like porn. It's not porn. I just That's we were, a different story. We were broken up but I didn't need a folder full of images with be my ex-girlfriend, so I archived it and the way I archive things is to zip them and then put them in a folder. Sure, that's normal. It was probably not even encrypted. I don't know why it said encrypted. There were normal photos, everyone was closed. clothed. <laughs> 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 I'm taking it all out. It's gone. The last 30 yeah, didn't minutes. Yeah, nobody asked for any of that. I just heard what I had been saying, and it sounded really bad, and I wanted to clear that up. This is a nice, innocent episode mm-hmm. about a 13-year-old girl, yeah. and you just made it weird.
1: Would you send me naked pics, though? Uh, what if I could turn my eyelids inside out? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should get to verdicts.
0: So anyways... It's apparent that we all like this film, mm-hmm. but for the official rating, Stephen, why don't you start us off and let us know if you are going to give us a must-see, recommend with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
1: Uh, must-see, going to bat hard for this one. I, I hope this gets some awards consideration at the end of the year because I think it is worth it. I don't think this is just a little indie film festival bubble. I think this is actually a very powerful film that in years and years and years of watching things and seeking the next, like, big emotional indie, (laughs) that, like, this is it. This is one of those movies I've been looking for for a long time. And I can't wait to watch it again. I think everybody should watch it, and I think everybody should love it, or you can come fight me.
0: Yeah. And and, and I think, uh, before I get to my verdict, when we first saw the trailer um, before... It might have been before Gemini, actually.
1: I saw it before Isle of Dogs, actually.
0: Okay. But I think... There was something, at some point in time, we both saw it while watching something together, and I think we watched Isle of Dogs separately. Either way, you were like, but how about that 8th grade trailer? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. It seems like it should be something I like, but I had some weird signals from it. And I think that the film completely like destroyed any... like." uh of the whatever the weird feeling the trailer I just, I just thought that like from the trailer i thought that maybe it could go either way where it's either gonna be really good or it's gonna feel like somebody trying too hard and what it did was it turned out really well and i think that it's not trying too hard it's exactly what it needs to be it's super authentic as authentic as i can assume a story about a 13 year old girl is mm-hmm. um but I, yeah I, I really loved it i think i'll give it a must see also. Um, I was actually thinking about texting do uh, a group iMessage to my sisters and be like, when this movie comes out, watch it. But I was like, they're not going to remember this text message like three months from now when this comes out. Um, but, so you recorded a video to send to them? Yeah, I recorded a video. I put it in a SpongeBob drive.
1: <laughs> uh, was it encrypted?
0: <laughs> you know what? I, it's regretted already. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when this movie comes out, I will definitely uh, be reaching out to them and telling them to go see it because... Uh, a, I mean, A, A, I want to know their thoughts on it. What, what they think of it. Um, it'll be interesting too if the three of them watch it. All being like roughly year and a half, two years apart, then like it, they have like a spread that like when they were all experiencing this, they were all just a little bit before it, in it, and a little after it. Um, so it'll be, yeah, it'll be cool to to hear from them what they thought. But yeah, so that is our review of 8th Grade. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that?
1: Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash miller or sdavidmiller.com where I like to write reviews for a lot of the movies, especially the ones that I care about that we talk about here. I'm sure I'm going to write way too much about 8th Grade. So <laughs> come to that if that's a thing you feel like seeing.
0: Uh, people can find me in my encrypted zip folder at dropbox.com slash
1: <laughs> nudie pics
0: but it's actually new apostrophe d pics because they're d, d new pics mm-hmm. anyways I don't yeah anyways people can find me at com or twitter.com slash ChristopherRL. you can find the podcast over at the com, where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show if you want to subscribe to the podcast you can do so in overcast stitcher apple podcasts or wherever podcasts are found if you want to know when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning or like us at facebook.com slash the spoiler warning if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at the spoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site if you have been a listener to the show for a while you can fill out the listener survey at the slash survey and let us know kind of how you found us and all that good jazz you can also click the link in the show notes for this episode That would be very helpful. Uh, Music for this episode will be from the little clappy thing that happened during the San Francisco Film Festival. Um, So you're probably going to hear that at the end of this episode. We're going to go off and record a review of Alex Strangelove. So get ready for that. Ready to do this, Steven? Oh, I'm ready. All right. We're going to take off and we will see you guys later.
1: Gucci!